Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Always! Yay! Not without alcohol. (laughs) Oh, is that what I'm supposed to say? Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, let's mix it up. Let's do that. (laughs) All right. I did. Hey, so uh, if you're watching, we have different scenery behind us. Yeah. We didn't get evicted. (laughs) If you listened to last week's episode, The Great Flood. Yeah. uh, When the levee breaks. Yes, that's right. That's right. So we're still cleaning up the wreckage, getting our new flooring in and other things. You might hear saws running in the background <laughs> and some light hammer. It's the sound of light carpentry work. That's right. That's right. Which turns out to be like three quarters of your job when you work at Blue Jay Financial <laughs> Group. We were just joking about this, weren't we? Yeah. The next person we hire in the interview process, we should be like, so how do you feel about light carpentry Friday? <laughs> not casual Friday. It's a little bit different. You wear jeans, but it's not for the reason you think. <laughs> yeah. It's not to be comfortable. You're going to sweat. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> do you have a tool belt? <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite power tool and why? Yeah. I think you said specifically, we have a lot of Black & yes. Deckers here. We have a lot of Black & Deckers here. We could, we could use a couple Milwaukee's. <laughs> <laughs> like the Walmart Black & Decker. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or Cobalt, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. So (laughs) let's drink on that note. (laughs) All right, let's let's get into it. All right. So what we're drinking here today, Jason, is called a Churchill. Yeah, I'm assuming because of the scotch. No, keep going with that. Why? Well, I thought Churchill drunk, drank drunk, drunk did. Did he drink scotch? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was like his drink of choice, wasn't it? Maybe that is why it's Uh, called Churchill. I don't know. I didn't research it in great depth. Well, Um, I mean, maybe my history is. I mean, I know he I, likes cigars. Yes. No, I think he likes scotch too. I'm going to look it up okay, right now. Look it up. Here we go. Ready? Um, I didn't do a whole lot of research. In fact, what I did was uh, I found a recipe that we already had all the ingredients for, which was really helpful <laughs> <laughs> because we're kind of all torn apart here right now. Yeah. So. Scotch. All right. Okay. And cool. Johnny Walker, red or black. And he would blend it. So he's making his own blended, blended scotch. Paul Rogers Champagne. Champagne. Interesting. Well, he was we quite have, friendly with the Pole Roger family. I don't know. I, I don't no know them. who that is. Right. I'm sure it matters to our UK listeners. <laughs> yes, all of them. We <laughs> went with Dalwini. But anyway, <laughs> let's let's get into the the drink here a little bit. Uh, what you see before you, it's a handsome drink. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody said it looks like apple cider. And, it kind of uh, does. I kind of see that a little bit. Yeah. Yep. It, you know, as it's rested here, it's uh, got this like little bit of a haze on top. Yeah. I think that's the fresh squeezed lime. Ooh. Oh, see, you're giving it away. Oh, bummer. All right. So what we've got here is one and a half ounces of blended scotch whiskey. One half ounce of Contro, uh, triple sec would do too. Yeah. And then we have a half an ounce of sweet vermouth. We uh, prefer Carpano Antica. Yes. Uh, we'll see if we prefer it with Prefer this is more than the right word. Yeah. <laughs> We're snooty about it. We're jerks about it. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, and a half an ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice. Yes. Uh, I put everything in a shaker, throw some ice in, shake it up, shake, shake it up. That's kind of a... And strain. That's a... That's a uh, that's kind of a big drink. Yeah, well... Did you double it? It's Friday. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> At least when we're recording this and I needed it. Let's go in for a taste. All right. Hmm. That's a, got a lot going on. Yeah. Ooh, I don't really like what it's doing in my nose. It's not doing anything in my nose. Oh, you know, it's that it's the PD scotch. Is it? That's what it is, yep. Okay. So, Ooh, I don't it's really interesting. Like it's super citrusy up front. Yeah. Oh, it, it reminds me of like, I feel like there's lemons in there, even though there's not, but then right. it, it smooths out and it's sweeter. I taste the lime at the end there. 
It's, I, uh, I really don't it's like, interesting. I really don't like the aftertaste. It really is kind of like a whiskey sour, except yeah, yeah. without, I mean, with lime juice instead right, of lemon juice. Right. Mm. Yeah, I don't really like the aftertaste at all, actually. It's gonna make it's making me sneeze. <laughs> Either that or all the dust flying around in the office. I think I scared it away. Look at the light. <laughs> all right. Um, no, it's got it's I think it's the PD and citrus that's coming through on my nose. That's kinda kinda not not really a, a great after like I don't know what they call that when it kind of shoots out. Your finish, nose. finish. Yeah, I guess. I mean, usually I think of finish like in your in your mouth, but this is like true. in my nose. So, uh, I'm gonna go the opposite way here, Jason, yeah. because I just had another sip and I think I like it more the second yeah, second time. I'll do it again here. I was, this is my third sip. It's like 85 degrees out right now. It's <sighs> April. Yeah, um, I know. I did it again. It it feels like a ramp up to summer. This I could see this being a sit on the patio. Yeah, the summer think, kind of a drink. I think any drink with control is kind of kind of that way yeah i mean Got i think summer vibes uh-huh. yeah i think of i mean the recipes on the back are probably margarita and what else control ricky why haven't we tried that ricky i don't know we can try it soon two ounce control lime juice that's a lot of control and just sparkling water that's actually a real that sounds like a summer drink that does sound like summer i bet drink. that's where we're getting the summer well, vibes from and honestly with control being the main ingredient there you're not going to have any trouble getting through the work day with, with that. Uh, here's, here's my so thought what you're on saying this. is the base of this one being scotch. There's everything about this is alcohol. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, it, I mean, this isn't like a lot. No, what, what is it? Is it 40 proof? I mean, yeah, 40%? 40 per, it's 80 proof. Okay. Well, okay, so that's not like, that's not a McUltra. True. <laughs> so, yeah, I, and that's actually probably what the scotch is. It's This is a 43%. Delwini, okay. is that what we're using? Yes, sir. Okay. So, okay, like anything else whiskey-based, I'm not a big scotch guy. I used to be. And then I discovered bourbon, and I'm wondering what this would look like. With bourbon. With bourbon. And actually, now that I think of it, do you remember that perfect Manhattan yes. that I made a yes, long time ago? I do. And I, I wrote do. it down. It was so perfect that I wrote it on a Post-it note somewhere. <laughs> and then, uh, somebody, then you lost it. somebody cleaned, and it's gone. <sighs> but I believe... I used Contro. You did use I know Contro. I used Carpano Antica. And I think I used Weller Antique 107. I think you did too. But lime juice would have been a no. no. I really wonder what this would, would taste like. Without. With like a high proof bourbon. Right. I don't think I'd put lime lime juice in it. I, I feel like lime juice is it's risky. It's not as risky as lemon. That lemon is real risky. <laughs> I, it, I'm almost like every time we have a drink with lemon and I'm like, yeah. So I, I guess I'd say this is not super. You, you picked up the peatiness for sure. So depending on the scotch that you use, you might not get that as right, much. Right. But I would say it's not a super heavy hitter. It's not a like real, even though it's it's mainly whiskey. It's not a super whiskey tasting drink. So no, it's I not. think if you're kind of like on the cusp of liking whiskey, maybe you've dabbled in scotch. This is probably a good one to try. Cool. Cool. Awesome. What are we talking about today? Oh. I thought we were talking about cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> well, let's move on. Okay, well, today, Jason, Ooh. we are talking about morally responsible investing. Ooh, my favorite topic. Yeah, this is one of those that n- needs to be handled with kid gloves. Oh, why? Uh, needs needs to be handled with care. Okay. Uh, we need to make sure... I've been that, warned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have opinions on this stuff, okay? We do. 
And it might not be the same as everybody else's opinions. Uh, so we'll try not to get we too far. We don't know why not, though. We really well, don't. <laughs> everybody should agree with what I, that's right. what I think. All I the mean, time, that's what right? we tell all of our clients. <laughs> yes. If you don't agree with everything that I Come say. Come in here and we will educate you on what you should be thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a touchy topic, though. It is, but for I sure. think that it is really important. And we've, we have stayed away from this for quite a while because it can be tricky navigating these waters. Yeah, exactly. Um, but. But it is definitely worth talking about. Yes. So I, I I want to do the topic justice. Um, but I also, yeah, you don't want to, this isn't a, a soapbox rant, right? Right. Um, right. We want to stay in our lane here. So uh, what we're talking about is morally responsible investing, which I find is often um, confused with socially responsible investing. Right. And you have probably... You've probably heard a lot more about socially responsible investing mm-hmm. or socially re- responsible funds, ESG funds. Sure. Which is, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I always have <laughs> and, to do that. Environmental, what'd we say? So, environmental and social governance. Social social governance. governance. Yeah. yeah, governance, yes. I always forget what the G is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, governance. Like environment, social, and... So governance is not a word that you use in your everyday no, uh, vocabulary, for sure. But I mean, I guess that kind of points to like a strict set of guidance and rules, laws. Yeah. I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I, sure. I just think that early in our career, ESG was like really almost like the environmental... It was kind Peace. of more fringe. It was yeah. uh, maybe even looked at as radical, I think. Yeah, but it was like, I feel like it was really focused on that environmental piece yes. more. And I yes. think over the last, I don't know, three or four years, it's, we've, a, it's we've, encompassed a lot of other things. Yeah, it's starting to, uh-huh. starting to, you know, wrap its arms around other, I guess, social um Agendas? Is that the right word? I don't want to be too offensive. Could be. <laughs> um, um, I, I, so to set, but this it kind of it kind of is though. I well, mean, sure. There's there's. Uh, I mean, one one example would be um, some of these ESG funds have mandates before they allow a company into their fund mm-hmm. based on like diversity on a board of directors or something. Sure, like that, right? absolutely. So yeah, that's something yeah. that's far from the environmental agenda. Exactly. Um, I for think. Sure. I think. No, we haven't found the fund yet. We kind of joked about this the other day, like the f- environmental fund that's out to like ruin the environment. We haven't found that one not, yet. Yeah. So there's like, there's always, objective. <laughs> there's always an assumption. Like, I think the environmental piece is they don't ruin the environment, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's just you know a what? known. <laughs> to be fair too, uh, every ESG fund has a different manager and different mandates and they, they may be looking at, at different... Um, you know, maybe what might be okay for one ESG fund mm-hmm. might not even be something that's considered for another. So exactly. Yeah. Again, ESG, I'm just going to, when, when we refer to it, uh, think socially responsible, uh, and I'm going to use air quotes cause that's the industry definition. And, and I, what I think we really want to do here is kind of draw the line or at least for our listeners sake, uh, bring up the point that in our experience as financial advisors, we've been doing this for a minute, mm-hmm. uh, longer than we've been doing cocktails. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And what I often find, and th- this was kind of the thesis of the blog that I wrote uh, a couple years ago. I'll probably uh-huh. reference that a couple times. Yeah, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll reference the great writer Caleb Franker. Yep, of course, of course. Um, <laughs> but what many I, classical, <laughs> classical notes. Yeah, I, I think what. I found in my experience as a financial advisor is most of the time when someone comes to me asking about ESG funds or 
responsible investing. Sometimes they'll just say responsible investing. Right. Um, or socially responsible investing. What I find is after af- asking a few questions, what they're actually looking for is something that we would call morally responsible investing. And I realize that everybody's got a different definition, maybe, uh, of what moral is. So I think our concern is that these things get like gray, they're construed and maybe, so if you're, before you go in and talk to an advisor, you know, like us, like you better be certain that you understand what, what am I actually trying to achieve when I say ESG or social responsible or responsible investing? Again, I found this pretty cool chart around ESG, uh-huh. and I, I kind of like it because, again, environmental, social, governance. governance. Was it? Were we right on that? Yes. Yeah. And so <laughs> the environmental piece, pollution, waste, climate control, or climate control. <laughs> I am yeah, a big fan I'm of I'm very passionate control. about HVAC. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> climate change, energy efficiency, natural resources, social, gender, diversity, policies, safety, controls, human rights and labor standards, mm-hmm. uh, privacy, data security. Did not consider all those things. No. Um, data security is one that's really... Yeah. I think yeah. everybody wants that probably yeah. well, in the companies they're investing in. Yeah, but you kind of... <laughs> wonder are they like a leader in that are they like uh, yeah, kind of know. have they had issues i i i mean you could think of like the experian oh sure you know credit situation there are companies out there who have made it known that they're not real concerned about yeah. keeping your data Tar- target was a huge one yeah. so i i guess i never even thought of that under the social piece although we're not here condemning target today no we're not i mean, <laughs> I mean come on everyone and we realize how difficult, like, especially that one is like, yeah, I mean, there's some bad actors out there trying to get people's information. So, and then the governance piece is like corporate behavior, governance, mm-hmm. uh, accounting practices. Well, I think that's interesting. You know, generally they, accepted accounting practices. Well, yeah. I think it like carried <laughs> yeah, interest. You're going a step forward. <laughs> yeah. Like things like that. Um, board practices. Uh huh. Okay. I think board composition you know, male, female, yep. um, you know, those kinds of things. So I guess I hadn't really looked at that. And I think those drive into things like executive pay, independence of the board, the people that are actually involved. So again, ESG in that broader definition, some of those things may be important, but it may not be what you're talking about when you come in and say responsible yeah. investing. So I think the, the, the main point that I want to make here. Uh, and then you tell me if you want to make a different point. The main point I want to make here is sometimes we just take these two ESG or socially responsible investing and morally responsible investing. We put them in a bag, we shake them up and we say it's all the same thing, but it's not right now. Is there a lot of overlap? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think what it comes down to is if, if you come in and you're, uh, you know, you want to sit down with a financial advisor, you're interviewing somebody say, Hey, socially responsible investing is really important. I, and I've had this happen. I ask more questions. Right. And I, I'm not saying that it's never the case, but more often what I get is after asking a few questions, I want morally responsible investing. And kind of like I said earlier, uh, that can be a little tricky to define because morally responsible means different things to different people. So right, yep. I would almost rather use the term value-based investing. What investing practices line up with my core values as a person? At, you know, that line up with my religious beliefs and, and all those kinds of things. So the, the thing that you can't do is just say, you know, 
blank responsible investing is all the same stuff. It's not. And where you can run into some real trouble is that sometimes someone's morally responsible investing and somebody else's socially responsible investing may have extreme conflicts. I definitely like the term value-based better. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's another term that I'm finding here as I'm snooping around the internet a little bit. They're talking about the word impact investing. Okay. So that's kind of on the ESG side of things. Mm -hmm. I do like the values based, values based investing. Yes, not, not value. Although investing. right now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like value investing. Value investing. The reason why we're giggling is because that's kind of an allocation that you yeah. might have in your portfolio. There's growth and value, um, and an argument all around that, right? Yeah, we did that earlier today. <laughs> we, actually, we did. <laughs> so, I mean, the value based investing, I think, points towards okay, these are my principles that I live my life by, yes. right? And, and you know what? I said we weren't going to give examples, but I will give a couple of examples. So looking at the blog that I, I wrote, I haven't looked back the at this, so hopefully... Literary classic. Yes, this is... You could find this uh, on Amazon or Barnes <laughs> & Noble, anywhere where good financial uh, publications are sold. No. Uh, anyway... Actually, just on our webpage, <laughs> bluejfg.com. Yeah. Read our blogs. Some of them are pretty good. Uh, <laughs> on the socially responsible front, you know, what, what I would say to clarify, I don't think anyone, none of us... None of us here <laughs> would right. argue uh, against being inclusive or promoting equality or protect, uh, protecting or preserving our natural resources, right? Right. But absolutely. then when you take that and you turn it into, um, you know, you look at values based. Mm -hmm. Okay. So can I, let, let's say you talk to somebody who is morally opposed to alcohol and tobacco. Sure. Yep. Okay. Um, Alcohol and tobacco could check the boxes if we're looking at a socially responsible fund Correct. that's promoting uh, inclusiveness and equality and protecting our natural resources. Check, check, check. No problems there, right? But you might come in and say, well, I wanted this kind of investment. And now look, I've got all of these alcohol and tobacco stocks. In Correct. Here. Yeah. And gambling and whatever else. Again, you know? I, think, I think that's like a side effect of focusing potentially on one particular principle value that you're trying to hone in on. Mm -hmm. You got to make sure that it doesn't, the cause and effect or, you know, the cause, the cause and the effect doesn't mm -hmm. lead to, you know, something that you actually don't believe in. Um, so, it, again, you have to have that kind of hierarchy of what you're trying to achieve um, when you're when you're, I guess, putting this as a mandate out there in mm -hmm. your portfolio. What I think this really does, uh, it, it, and I, I commend anybody who is looking this far into, into their portfolios, because what it really <laughs> causes you to do is it, it, it makes you question, what do I own mm -hmm. and why do I own it? Right. Absolutely. And, yep. and I would say regardless of if it's because of your values or anything, it's always a good idea to know what you own and why you own it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, from just a market perspective. Just period. Yeah. yeah <laughs> when, when markets act goofy like they have over the last year and a half, and, and we're all it's about, good to know. We're all about our clients understanding what they're investing in. Yeah, absolutely. In. I mean, it's huge. So. Absolutely. So here's kind of the, I guess maybe I'm going to take this down another path because when we look at, there are plenty of ESG funds out there. Right. So if, if you're... Uh, if your idea of uh, values-based, we're just going to call it values-based investing now. Sure. If your primary objective is to, you know, 
to approach it from an environmental, socially uh, responsible, Mm -hmm. and I'll say, you know, air quotes. um, There are plenty of investments out there. Tons. I mean, and I think almost every, that's, this is kind of like the topic du jour. mm -hmm. Um, Almost every fund company that we're aware of. They have an ESG portfolio. They have an ESG portfolio. Yeah. Some have actually gone to all All, ESG portfolios. Um, I mean, names that are coming to my mind are like BlackRock. They're Mm -hmm. huge. Uh, Janice Henderson, those Mm -hmm. kinds of folks have big uh, pushes towards value-based investing. Yeah. Now, this is the fun part. ESG. I should say ESG. Dang it. We're getting this confused. (laughs) Uh, Bring me in, man. Come on. Here would be my question. Here would be my question. Okay. Okay. Can it be done? Uh, I mean, if you're looking for ESG funds, there are plenty of them out there. You can do your research. But mm-hmm. let's say you're looking for values-based investing and, and you're coming at it from a you know a morally responsible foundation and maybe that has to do with your religious values. Sure. So like I would use uh, Christian principles. You mm-hmm. know, if you're going to do the traditional kind of approach, um, it can be done. Um, now again, just like on the ESG side of things, you it have can to be done. It can be done. You just have to have kind of a hierarchy of what's most important. Okay, so my follow-up question is: Can it be done well? <laughs> yeah, it actually can be. Um, okay. Again, I think as long as you don't, I, I hate to say it like this, as long as you don't re- put yourself so far, restrict yourself into a corner, mm-hmm. um, and so you have to like if there's a hot button issue in particular out in the world that is like, I absolutely cannot stand that's your for, total bugaboo. Right? Yeah. I'm going to use pornography. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty fair. Like, okay. Like I, I don't want to support any company that is exploiting pornography. Okay. Great. Okay. We can start there and then it kind of works its way. And there are funds that do that. Okay. Yeah. And, and so there I'm going to go back to our thesis and say, could a company that profits through the use of those things, mm-hmm. um, could that get by someone's ESG filter? Probably. Probably, yeah, actually. But is there a real possibility then that that would affect your moral filter? Yeah, sure. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, so I, I think that um, I think it's important to understand what we're trying to say in terms of the hierarchy of these values that you're trying to mm-hmm. preserve. So you're not, and I think this always comes down to like this like, culpability um you know it do i do i have a am i guilty am i doing something i shouldn't be doing by investing in a diversified portfolio that may have exposure to something i don't believe in and quite frankly most likely will right and i i think that's where it's really delicate is most people that come to us asking these questions, they say, look, I want to make money. I want to put money away from my retirement. I want to be a good steward with the funds that I've been given here, but I don't want to accidentally invest in something that's against my core beliefs. How do I know? Right. How do I know? And this is where it gets really dang tricky, Jason. We've I mean, the, about we are this. in, we are in like, in my mind, I'm like, when you're trying to make this, um, like, understanding of all the companies in your portfolio. Mm-hmm. I literally think of like the lottery, like little ping pong balls. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like they just open the shoot and one pops up. Like it, you might focus on that one company and then it changes. Right. Right. You know? Well, and that's just to kind of go back to what we talked about a long time ago about mutual funds, how they're structured, mm-hmm. what they are actually. You, you think about it. Most of these mutual funds or ETFs or indexes have hundreds of companies. Okay. Yep. Um, and 
here's the problem. Okay. This is where it gets tricky. Not only, I, I guess if you had a mutual fund, right. let alone many, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, you would have trouble probably keeping tabs on all, let's say, 250 companies that are in that portfolio. That's a low number. Especially because these fund managers are tasked with moving companies in and out of this portfolio to meet the objectives of the fund. So what you see on your quarterly report may not be an accurate representation of what you're actually holding at any point. We track, um, in fact, when we do our due diligence process for our portfolios, we look at things like asset turnover. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes these numbers are two, three, four hundred percent. That means all the investments are turning over multiple times. You look at your quarterly report and you might as well throw it out and say, well, I guess I don't own any of these companies. And it may not even be disclosed yet. (laughs) So yeah, I I think really what it comes down to is like, if you're going out and you're building a stock portfolio, Mm -hmm. um, which we don't recommend. Okay. On an individual individual stock. mm -hmm. Yeah. Big fans of stocks here. Yeah. Yeah. An individual stock basis. And you go out and you buy a company yeah, and you're going to own it, mm-hmm. okay? You're going to do the old Warren Buffett rule and yep. buy and hold this thing. Um, yeah, do your research. Mm-hmm. You can you can probably come up with, um, you know, a company that fits your values. The problem is, is, <laughs> is, you is diversification. You need more than just one stock. Yeah, let's even say that you own 10 companies, right. which is still not enough. Not enough. Um, Not even close. Now let's talk about keeping tabs on all 10 companies. And let's just say, Jason, that we really like all these 10 companies and they really seem to line up with our beliefs. But every year they they have uh, elections for board members. And And then they hire a marketing executive that doesn't exactly fit with your values. Uh, Things go sideways. Exactly. (laughs) You're going to keep up with all of them. And then, you know, the amount of uh, digging that you have to do, even just looking in at the different charities and things like that that they support that don't even show up on on the, the financials necessarily. Right. Right. What causes are they supporting? What you're running into is it's more than a full-time job. It can't be done uh, probably real effectively. So what, like anything else, when you're managing a stock portfolio, mm-hmm. Jason, what do you suggest? Drinking coffee. I just took yeah. a drink. <laughs> what I was going to cough. What he was going to say was hire a professional. That's right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to wait for you to take a sip again, and I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah, quickly. one that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. No, I mean... Uh, one of the things I want to make sure we do, though, before we wrap this thing up, is I don't want to diminish. I don't want to diminish the attempt. Oh, absolutely. Okay, we are advocates for understanding what you're doing. That is not what we're saying. Like, just throw it away. It's not. Yeah, worth we're not it. saying it's hopeless, so it's not yeah, worth the fight. There are multiple mutual fund options out there. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to support, you know things that you don't believe in, we we can probably find something yeah. that'll fit that. Now, may not hit all the all the check marks, but we'll get most of them, okay? Like you said, kind of prioritize the the big ones. Yeah, right? and feel good that you have, you know, you're not as culpable because you have a more than an arm's length away from these decisions. Yeah. And I, I think again, rest assured that we've been given uh we're stewards of these this, these dollars. Mm-hmm. We've been given um, the opportunity to manage them the best way we can, and um, that's all that's all we can do, right? We're, yeah. So you know, I think we did an okay job. I here. think we did too. This is tough, though. It, 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 I felt myself tiptoeing. A lot. <laughs> uh, folks, we do have opinions. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah this, again, and this topic specifically. Th- yeah, can- this is a tough one. <laughs> but you know, I d- I didn't want to chicken out and say oh, that's kind of tricky, so let's just skip it. I think it's important. 
Um, I think I'm that, proud of you. You wouldn't normally do this. Well, I mean, this is kind of controversial. So I, I thought, uh, you know, just highlighting the fact that you probably ought to know what you own and why you own it. And Man, that's I, always a good rule. It, it absolutely is. And I, I think that that helps with the ups and downs of investing too, knowing right. that you've got a conviction a little bit behind uh, what you own. Um, but yeah, it, it is worth the fight. Yes. Um, however, I would say don't drive yourself crazy. No, no. Um, that's probably not worth it. Give yourself some grace on this. Like it's, it's yeah. tough. Um, but again, working with a professional, that's, that helps a lot. And, and I think the main point to take away from this is, uh, you know, based on your values, make sure you align with the advisors that you're working with, that yep. they understand what it is you're trying to accomplish. And you can't just roll all these things into one big, uh, bucket and call it you know quote unquote responsible investing and we're okay yeah and if any investor if any advisor uh kind of like almost doesn't want to talk about this that's a good warning sign like you you we're more than willing to have these conversations and want you to understand um so it's it's important that the professor is teaching their students not the other way around and we're more than willing if we're not a fit to say hey this probably isn't what you're looking for it's best to get that out of the way early on in the relationship or before the relationship we're not passionate about this at all so so. (laughs) all right well good job thanks for having a drink with us this week folks it's time to close out the tab if you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the old-fashioned finance podcast be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com we'd love to hear from you don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves you can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on facebook old-fashioned finance is brought to you by blue jay financial group that's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery studios we've been your hosts caleb and jason cheers, cheers. Yeah. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.